What's up, y'all? I'm jumping on real quick to ask you all to do me a favor. If you are a listener of my podcast, make sure to leave me a review. I don't care if you've been listening from day one or if this is your first time listening. Go ahead and leave a review on whatever platform you're listening to. Why? Well, the obvious reason is, of course, I want to hear from you all and I want to know how the episodes are landing with you. But the more important reason is when you leave a review, it helps other people to find my podcast. So ultimately, you are joining me in the quest to helping others become more culturally aware by spreading the word and helping them to walk a day in my culture. So after you hear this episode, take a few minutes at the end and leave me a review. I'm thanking you in advance for being part of making cultural change, one listen at a time and one review at a time. Alrighty, let's jump into the podcast. Norbert Rilieu, 1806-1894 Norbert Rilieu is credited for stopping the Jamaica train, which was a crude sugar refining process. He stopped it dead in its tracks, even though it was not associated with any railroad. Rilieu's invention was responsible for simplifying and improving the process of refining sugar. He was born a mulatto free man in New Orleans, 1806. His mother was a slave and his father a successful, wealthy white engineer who invented a steam-operated cotton belling press. Rolieu received his education in the New Orleans Catholic school system. However, due to discrimination and the unavailability of advanced schooling, he was sent to Paris to study at the L'École Centrale. At the age of 24, he became an instructor of applied mechanics in Le Coul Centrale, publishing a series of papers on the steam engine and steam economy. Rolieu's strong interest in his father's plantation, coupled with his theory on multiple effect evaporation, provided the basis for his famous invention, the quote, Jamaica train a slow, expensive, and hazardous sugar production process was what he set out to improve upon. Rilieu's invention was a significant one. His refining method was a series of vacuum pans combined to make the heated vapor evaporate sugar pan by pan into crystallized granules. Before his invention, sugar was a luxury item and used only on special occasions. His invention has been hailed as one of the greatest in the history of chemical engineering. It resulted in saving fuel, manpower, and time, giving the United States sugar industry worldwide supremacy. Nonetheless, Rilieu never received recognition in any chemistry, physics, or technical journals. Rilieu's invention did not come without its trials. He attempted to devise his evaporation process in 1834 and failed. In 1841, he tried again and failed. Doubting the worth of his invention, he became discouraged, and it was not until 1843 that he succeeded in obtaining a patent. In 1846, Rilieu received yet another patent for an improvement on his evaporator design. 
Today, the process of multiple effect with little changes from real use basic principle is universally used for the manufacturing of sugar, condensed milk, soap, gelatin, and glue. His method is also employed in the recovery of waste liquids in distilleries and factories. Another real use invention was an engineering plan to rid New Orleans sewage system of its yellow fever infested mosquitoes. Yellow fever claimed the lives of many New Orleans citizens. Royu submitted his plan to city authorities, but they refused to use it. The authorities later accepted a similar plan submitted by a group of whites. After refusing to endure any more racial and professional prejudice, Rilieu returned to France in 1854, becoming headmaster at his automaler, Le Coule Centrale. Lack of recognition troubled Rilieu throughout his life. He died in October 1894 at the age of 88 and was buried in the churchyard of the Paris Lachaise Cemetery in Paris. Thirty years after his death, a movement to honor Rilieu began in Holland and quickly spread to every sugar-producing country in the world. In 1935, after much delay and, and evasion, excuse me, New Orleans honored Rilieu with a plaque in the Louisiana State Museum. Hello, welcome back to another episode of Walk a Day in My Culture. This is a podcast where I help you increase your cultural awareness by simply talking with you about the daily experiences I have as a Black woman. Now, y'all know I've been saying it from the beginning. I believe that if you guys can hear my experiences, you can hypothetically walk a day in my culture, and that should help you to literally walk on the path of increasing your cultural awareness. So let's get into today's episode, which is entitled History Repeating Itself Part 1. Before we get into the episode, you know we just have to do a moment of silence and acknowledge Black folks that have lost their life, um, that are unarmed, and just a, a rest in peace moment. So this actually did happen recently, and this moment we want to just take and acknowledge the life of Richard Brooks. He was killed in a Wendy's parking lot by a police officer because he was sleeping and suspected to be under the influence. It's just too much. Anyway, let's just take a moment of silence and let's honor Richard Brooks. All right. Let's get into today's episode, which is inspired by a series that I am doing for my newsletter. If you guys aren't subscribed to my newsletter, you need to be. I'll be telling y'all every episode is called Walk a Day in My Culture um, because this podcast is going to kind of complement that for um, for a little while now. So I'm not going to give y'all too much information as I don't want to spoil it, but I'm going to give y'all enough information to just entice you a little bit so you kind of know what to expect. Um, So this is part one of history repeating itself. 
And next month, you'll get part two. And then the month after that, you'll get the following part and so forth, because it's only going to, um, the parts are only going to be released monthly because you guys know, I only release my newsletter once a month. And so at the end of this week, if you're listening to this in real time, you guys who are subscribed to my newsletter will get the first part of the series in your inbox. Um, and it's, it's really, really good. And so I just want to let you guys know kind of like the context of it because part one is today and then it's going to be a couple of weeks before you get part two. So I don't want you guys to be like, well, where's the rest of it? Remember, this is going to complement the newsletter and the newsletter only comes out monthly. And so part two will not be out for the next couple of weeks. But anyway, let's get into today's episode, um, which again is entitled History Repeating Itself, part one. And I am going to talk with you all about three areas today. One is how I feel as a black woman writing and talking about this, because I mean, the podcast is about my experience as a black woman. So I might as well be transparent with y'all. Two, I'm going to talk with y'all about why I made the decision to actually decide to write about this and to talk about it on my podcast. And three, what y'all can expect from the newsletter that you're going to get in your inbox in a couple of days. So let's just get into the first part, which is how I feel as a black woman writing and talking about this issue of history repeating itself. Let me tell you, today's episode, now I know I say this sometime and I don't slip up, but today, if you got kids with you listening, you know, if you sensitive to a little bit of cussing, this is the time that you might want to just either put your your headphones on if your kids is around or brace yourself and just kind of accept me for who I am cuz I I doubt very seriously if I'm going to have to be able to do this podcast today without a f bomb a s bomb any old other kind of vulgar bomb falling out my mouth cuz I just I got to be real and I can't sugarcoat I can't pity pat around this topic of how I am feeling as a black woman Number one, with all that's going on in the country. And number two, with writing about this and talking about this. And so this is the moment. I'm going to give you a second. This is my final warning. I don't know where the bombs is going to drop, but they probably go drop today in today's episode. And that's just, that's what it is. And that's just who I am. And that's who I'm going to be today. And I ain't trying to hide it. So... How do I feel about writing about this? You know, it's a lot as a black woman, okay, writing about this, talking about this, and doing this work. Now, don't get me wrong. I love this work. I appreciate this work. I think it's great. It has me, you know, I I always feel a, a wonderful sense of like, I don't know. I just have this sense of like fulfillment when I can help people be culturally aware, um, when I can, you know, lighten people, um, enlighten people, should I say. I just, I really, really enjoy it. So I don't want y'all to get it twisted 
And I don't need nobody emailing me or texting me and being like, oh my God, Narissa, you're taking on such emotional labor. Like, I don't need to hear it. Like, I don't need that. Like, I ain't gonna take on nothing that I can't take, okay? But what I am saying is as a black woman, writing about this type of stuff and talking about this type of stuff in real time, like consistently, it's a little draining. I ain't gonna even front and pretend like it's not. Um, because you guys got to remember, I am a black woman with a black baby, with a black husband and a black family. So it's, it runs real deep for me to be in the forefront of talking about these issues, the way that they coming up now, because I just feel like it's a whole lot of bullshit that's really, really happening on so many levels. Like I get that everybody is really feeling like, oh my God, change is coming and things are so great. And oh, this is going to be different this time. But I just, I just feel like that's honestly speaking, that's just a bunch of fuckery. I just, I don't believe it until I see it. You know what I mean? Because the truth of the matter is we've seen this with Oscar Grant. We've seen this with Philandro Castile. We've seen this with Eric Gardner. Hello again. Yes, it's me. (laughs) I had to pause the podcast to just promote my monthly newsletter. Are you subscribed to my newsletter? If so, I really thank you for your subscription. It is greatly appreciated. If not, you are missing out. What are you waiting for? Go to my website, www.bloomintoyourbestself.com and sign up. I have two versions of my newsletter. I have a free version and I have a paid version. Both of them are outlined on my website so you can find out what subscription works best for you. Honestly, it's not an excuse for you to not subscribe. I mean, what do you have to lose? You have a free version and you have a paid version. Both versions are high quality. They are superb and you get cultural knowledge dropped on you every single month. So go subscribe. Again, go to my website, www.bloomintoyourbestself.com. Look under newsletter subscriptions, read the description, see which one works for you. Again, they are both very high quality, regardless of if you have the free version or the paid version and sign up, like sign up. Okay. All right, let's get back into the rest of this podcast. I mean, we have seen this time and time and time again where we've had protests and I just, I don't know. I hope things are different this time. But again, from the top of the hour when I'm still doing a damn rest in peace, to yet another black man that was recently killed. Like this was recent. This was not like three, four years ago. Like this was recently. And so this is happening in the midst of a protest happening in the midst of people speaking out in the midst of all this stuff. Black people are still being killed. Okay. And so as a black woman, writing and talking about this how do i feel i feel pissed off that number one we got we gotta still try 
and get people to understand that this is like a big issue. And I also feel annoyed that so many people are all of a sudden conscious and so many people are all of a sudden in support of the fact that Black Lives Matter and so many people are posting and so aware. And I think the biggest irritation is that so many people are now retracting all the BS that they sent Kaepernick through. Everybody is now like, oh my God, Cap was right. Like I wrote about that, like how long ago? Like three, four years ago, I did a whole YouTube video on it. Like we've been saying that America is full of it and that they don't respect our lives. And why are we saluting a flag that don't even care about us? And if we really want to get raw and gutter and nasty and unapologetic, look at who's supposed to be running your country. He ain't said shit. Like he going on with his life like everything is okay and was real about to have a damn like campaign on Juneteenth until black folks had to be like, what are you doing, bruh? Like this is the flag that y'all was sitting up here tripping about and arguing over with Kaepernick. That's what we doing. That's what we doing. So that's how I feel as a black woman. I feel irritated that I got to write and talk about this, but not irritated because of the work, but irritated because we've been like the people, those of us who do this cultural work, we've been trying to get y'all to wake up and y'all been sleeping, hitting the snooze button, rolling over, putting covers on your head. Like y'all been sleep. Okay, and that's the irritating piece is now you probably pay attention to what I got to say and what I'm writing. Now you probably pay attention to what the other, you know, black entrepreneur, black podcaster, black therapist is writing about and talking about. Now you want to pay attention. Now you want me to school you. Now you want some resources. We've been trying to give you resources since Jim Crow. Okay. Anyway. But on the flip side, <laughs> I got to laugh at myself sometime. On the flip side, I'm lightweight excited about being able to really, really, really help some people like hear what, what we deal with as black folks and like not in a sugarcoaty way. So I'm like excited to like ruffle some feathers and to make people uncomfortable and to make some of y'all turn red when you look in the mirror. Because, I mean, you 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 got to really pay attention to what you've been doing to influence some of this. Okay? So, that's how I feel as a black woman writing and talking about this. Let me take a break and go on and collect myself and, you know, check on the baby who is napping. Who, why she don't sleep on my chest no more? Y'all know I used to record my podcast with her sleeping on my chest. And now, she is in her room almost 15 months and just snoozing away. Okay. That was so random, but y'all probably needed a little bit of joy after this whole rant. 
Anyway, I'll be right back. You already know how it go. Listen to the commercials, take you a little break and make sure that you listen for that second black scientist. Make sure you listen because that first one, he, Norbert was, he was doing it. You know, he ain't getting no recognition, but <sighs> I mean, that's the plight of the black life. Anyway, I'll be right back, y'all. Hey, you guys, you already know what this section of the podcast is about. This is where I give you all some updates on what's happening with my business. And as always, I encourage you to listen to all of this commercial and the rest of the commercials because, you know, I'm always doing something culturally. And remember that this particular commercial will change because there are things that are evolving and changing with my business. All right. So what is new? Let me catch you guys up. I am still working on my book, which is entitled Understanding and Working with the Issues in the Black Community. The book is coming along so well. I'm so excited when I can finally release it to you guys. So keep an ear out for that and when it will be released. But the more exciting new venture that I am doing. This week marks the official launch of my husband's podcast and my podcast combined, which is called We Are Culture First. And it's a few episodes available for y'all to listen to right now. We'll have an updated um, episode coming this week. And whenever you have time, take a listen. If you like my podcast and if you like his podcast, then you go love us talking and chopping it up together. So wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, or whatever other platform, you can check us out. Or you can go to our website and find our podcast there. Our website is www.culturefirst with the number one.org. And you can find our podcast under the R Media tab. Still available for pre-order and it will be released on November the 6th is my cultural edition planner. Y'all know I love to plan. You know I love culture. So when you combine the love of those two things, who better to develop a cultural planner than me? Check it out on my website. Check out the description and pre-order your copy now because November is right around the corner. You can find this information also on my website under the Books and Products tab. My website, as you all know, is www.bloomintoyourbestself.com. I also have something super exciting brewing. I just, oh, my tongue is itching to tell y'all, but I'm not. I'm going to just keep the suspense going, but in about a month, maybe even just a few weeks, I will be able to tell y'all what this new cultural development is and it will be available for you guys. So keep an ear out because this commercial will be changing real soon. Alrighty, y'all. These are the current updates for my business. Feel free to check out the details that I have described um, either on my website or on me and my husband's website because these things are bound to help you bloom into your best self. So with me being so charged <laughs> about writing and talking about just the, the history repeating his, itself and this, this 
form of repetitive trauma. I know y'all probably wondering, well, why did you decide to write and talk about this, Narissa? Like, what is making you do this if you're so charged about it? Well, I think what is making me just finally make the decision to kind of take this on is the fact that I am so charged about it and I am so emotionally invested in it. Um, and I am pissed off about it. And I actually think that people need to hear unfiltered feelings about what is going on in the black community and how this is affecting us. And y'all that has followed me for a long time, y'all already know I'm very unfiltered. You know, I'm very raw. I'm real unapologetic. I really don't be on here caring about making white folks comfortable or black folks comfortable or purple people comfortable. I just, I don't care. Like my experience is my experience. You like it, you love it. And if you don't love it, then unsubscribe. And so I just think that it's important to like continue that and to try my best to like spread that to as many people as possible and really just hope that when the dust settles and things calm down, people will still be subscribed to my newsletter. People will still be um, subscribed to my podcast. And then you guys will like share that with folks that are not as conscious, but trying to be more conscious, but need like a little bit more than some, not even a little bit, cause I ain't a little bit more, but like a whole lot more than just some surfacey, let's talk about culture. And let's just talk about white guilt or white fragility or, you know, all this other stuff. And like, let's just leave it there. No, like I, I really feel like the voice that I have and the way that I write and the way that I talk about this stuff, I really think that it can be received so well, even if it makes people uncomfortable. And I just think that's the beauty of the way I do this cultural work. Um, And I think people can receive that really, really well. So I kind of think that's one of the reasons I decided to just take this on, to write about it and to talk about it. And then uh, even a more kind of like obvious reason is how can you not? (laughs) Like, how can I not write about this or talk about this as a black woman? And not just for people that are not black listening, not just, please don't take this and generalize it, okay? Like, don't go running off in your head with what I'm saying. I'm not saying just because I'm Black, now I got to write about this or I got to talk about this. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is I, Norissa, happens to be a Black woman that writes about culture, that talks about culture, that does cultural consultations and cultural trainings. Like I do this work and I've been doing this work for a cool minute now. So I almost have like a responsibility to talk about this and to write about it. And people can think and say however they wanna say, like it's not our responsibility as black folks to do this. And I say that too. I do name that. I talked about that in the last podcast that we don't need to carry this burden, but I actually do this work though. You know what I'm saying? And so to some extent I signed up to, you know, talk about this stuff and to be real candid about this stuff. Um, 
and to just kind of put it out there. And so it's not a time for me to be silent, um, but it also is a very, very delicate balance of me knowing when to take care of my cultural wounds, how much to engage in, how much to not engage in, in other areas of my life, if that makes sense. So outside of my podcast, outside of my newsletter, it's times where I'm like, I'm not engaging in that. I'm just, I'm not doing it. Like I ain't doing it. Um, and that's okay. Right. But the decision to like write about it and talk about it on my podcast, it wasn't a difficult decision to make because again, I do this work and I think it's important to really, really try to make stuff land with people in a very different way. I don't think everything needs to be intellectual. Everything doesn't need to have a book or a resource. Sometimes you just got to be candid and talk how you talk and bring it how you bring it. And that can land with people very differently than I'd be like, go and check out this article from Robin D'Angelo or go check out this, you know, Instagram post from Sonia Renee Taylor. Like, no, it's just sometimes you just need to hear my experience and that can actually land and get you to start thinking. And I think that that is very important in the way I decide to talk about this and write about this. All righty. So I'm gonna take another quick little break and I shall be right back. And then we'll just wrap up the show for today. I'll be right back. Have you ever wanted to receive services that truly consider your culture first? I mean, like really considered your culture first, not in a surface or fluffy way, but in a very deep, rich and validating way. Well, look no further. My husband and I have finally put our brains together on how we can provide services that consider your culture first. At Culture First Family Therapy and Training Services, we offer an array of services that help people truly become more culturally aware. From the trainings and workshops we develop and offer, to the consultations we provide, to training our supervisees to use their cultural lens when providing services to people of color, we believe in putting culture first. Go check out our website and the services that we offer over at www.culturefirst with the number one.org. Again, that website is www.culturefirst.org. C U L T U R E, the number one, st.org. We are so excited about this, and we just look forward to helping you embark on the journey of cultural awareness by learning how to put culture first. Lewis Temple, 1800 to 1854. Lewis Temple was the inventor of a welling harpoon known as Temple's Toggle and Temple's Urn that became the standard harpoon of the welling industry in the middle of the 19th century. Lewis Temple was a skilled blacksmith, not a whaler. He had never gone to sea. Temple was born a slave in Richmond, Virginia in 1800 and arrived in New Bedford, Massachusetts in 1829. 
By 1836, Temple was one of the 315,000 free black people in the United States and a successful businessman who operated a well-craft shop on the New Bedford waterfront. By 1836, Temple, a well-known citizen of New Bedford, was working as a blacksmith to support his wife, Mary Clark, whom he married in 1829, and their three children. In 1845, Temple was able to open a larger shop. The procuring of well oil, well meat, and byproducts was a leading industry in Massachusetts and New England. Welling also provided thousands of jobs for seamen, many of whom were black. Based on conversations with the wellers who came in his shop to have their welling tools made and to buy harpoons, Temple probably learned that many wells escaped since the harpoons used at the time were not particularly effective in holding a struggling well. In 1848, Lewis Temple invented a new type of harpoon with a movable head that prevented the well from slipping loose. The Temple iron was more effective than any other harpoon that had ever been manufactured. The head of Temple harpoons became locked in the well's flesh and the only way to free the harpoon was to cut it loose after the well was killed. Initially, wellers did not accept Temple's harpoon. However, after some trials, most welling captains were convinced that Temple's toggle iron was far superior to the ordinary barbed head harpoon. Lewis Temple never patented his invention, but was able to make a fairly good living from his harpoon sales. This sum, of course, was nowhere near the fortune he could have made if he had patented his invention. Temple was able to buy the building next to his shop and in 1854, arranged for construction of a blacksmith shop near Steamboat Wharf. Temple accidentally fell one night while walking near his new shop's construction site. He never fully recovered from his injuries. Temple was unable to return to work and money became scarce for his family. He died destitute in May 1854 at the age of 54. When his estate was settled, practically everything he owned was used to pay off his debts. Clifford W. Ashley, an authority on the history of whaling, said in his book, The Yankee Whaler, that Temple's harpoon was, quote, the single most important invention in the whole history of welling. All right, so the last little area, the third area that I told you guys I would like talk with you about is what you can expect from this upcoming series of newsletters that I am doing. And I mean, if you don't follow my newsletter, if you're not a subscriber to it, then this might be a little new to you. And for those of you who are subscribers, you probably already know what I'm about to say. But what you can expect, especially from this particular series that I'm doing on history repeating itself, is rawness. And I mean, rawness. And with that rawness is gonna come some pain and me being like real in your face and making you feel hella uncomfortable, right? And 
I actually do that intentionally. Like if you've read any of my newsletters, you know, occasionally I say, I'm not doing this or saying this like to be mean and make you feel bad. I'm actually doing it to elicit a feeling in you because that actual feeling that you are feeling right now is what is going to help turn about some change. It's going to help you to really think differently because you don't like that feeling that you that you have based off of something that I just wrote and that you just read. And so I just... I elicit feelings a lot in my newsletters and I do it pretty often, but I have a, I have a sneaky suspicion (laughs) and y'all let me know if you agree when y'all start reading this series on my, on my, um, of my newsletters, I just, I got a feeling that this is going to just land very differently with people. Um, because it's not that I'm not raw. It's not that I'm not unapologetic. I'd be real in your face. But it's just going to have a lot of feeling and a lot of in your face getting you to think and really questioning how you are engaging uh, with black people. And that's going to be whether you black or white or purple or blue or brown, like it's going to just get you to really, really think and For my black readers and my black followers, it's going to resonate with you and it's going to make you feel validated and make you not feel like you losing it and like you going crazy. And because sometimes as black folks, we'd be like, wait a minute, am I tripping? Or like, is this what's happening right now? And sometimes we need to hear another voice that lets you know, no, no, you ain't tripping. Yes, this is happening right now and you not alone. Um, And then for people that are not black, that will read my pie my read my podcast read my newsletter um and feel very very uncomfortable and feel like it's way too much this is what I say to you and I say this often sometimes too if we as black people can endure all these injustices all these difficult feelings all this pain and all this hurt over like years, over centuries, over decades, over generations, over damn near a lifetime. Like if we can endure it for that long, you better believe that you need to suck it up and be able to endure it for a couple of minutes while reading my newsletter or listening to my podcast. Like you ain't gonna be culturally aware if you wanna sit up in your bubble and be comfortable all the time and cushy like no that's not how it works with cultural awareness that's not how it works with change and that definitely is not how it work when you white trying to do this work okay it don't work like that like even and I gotta say this again even for my white listeners who really feel like you down for the cause who really feel like you aware and you've been doing this work and you've been conscious and you've been talking to your white counterparts even you, boo-boo, okay? Even you got work that you need to do. Let it, Don't let it be twisted that you growing up with your privilege, you coming up with your privilege, that it's not still some unrooted, ingrained things that you need to look at. And if you feel some kind of way by me saying that, then that right there lets you know that you still got work that you need to do, okay? So this is gonna be real, real for a whole bunch of people. This might be too much for some people, but I encourage you to read the newsletters 
when they come out because it's about to be a revolution in the world of Narissa writing about cultural awareness because it's about to really be from the perspective of a black woman and a clinician well on down the line somewhere okay anyway (laughs) that is my rant for today I didn't want to give y'all too much about the newsletter because I want you to read it you know what I mean and I want you to be interested and I want you to go ahead and um you know subscribe to the newsletter and so let me know how y'all felt about today's episode the cultural tidbit is once again I want y'all to sign up for my newsletter. I know two weeks in a row that I have been the focus of the cultural tidbit and that's okay because it's my podcast though. But (laughs) all seriousness, sign up for my newsletters because I'm telling you, the podcast that comes out probably in about a month from now is not going to make no sense to you intentionally because I want it to complement the newsletter. So go to my website, www.bloomintoyourbestself.com and sign up for my newsletter under monthly, I think it's newsletter subscriptions and just sign up for it there. I got two newsletters. One is free, one is paid, but If you don't wanna do the paid one, again, this series I'm rolling out on the free platform of my newsletters. So ain't no excuse for you to not sign up. I'm doing a whole nother situation with the paid newsletter subscription, which is why it's paid. But the free one, sign up so that you can understand what is going on in the newsletter next month. All right, y'all, the baby is actually awake, so I got to go. But I hope that, you know, you guys do something that'll help you bloom into your best self. And I'm, I ain't excited, but I hope you join me next week so that you can come back and walk another day in my culture.